Today, if I were to ask, how many of you desire wisdom? I have no doubt all of us will say we desire wisdom. It's not only we desire wisdom, all of us also want to grow in wisdom. If I were to ask, please recite one important verse from the wisdom writings. What do we mean by wisdom writings? The book of Psalm, book of Job, book of Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Uh, these, these books are called as wisdom writings. And if, if you were to think of one verse from any of these books, uh, I don't know what verse will come to your mind, but I think most of us will, uh, most of us would have recited that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, I'm sure that's the verse that would have come to our mind. Interestingly, this verse appears in all the four wisdom books. This verse is there in the book of Job. This verse is there in the book of Psalms. This verse is there in the book of Proverbs. This verse is there in the book of Ecclesiastes. Job 28, 28 says, and he said to the human race, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to shun evil is understanding. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Ecclesiastes 12.13 says, Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. If we are given four different books, and if we say that this particular verse is there in these four different books, what does it imply? It implies that this is one of the most important verse when it comes to wisdom. This is the basic verse on which wisdom is based. Godly wisdom is based. So the importance of the verse need no emphasis because we all know that wisdom is not an option. No, you cannot say, we cannot say that I can live without wisdom. No, it is a necessity. Because only with wisdom, we will be able to negotiate the challenges that we face in our day-to-day -day life. If we don't want wisdom, we can only forsake wisdom, ignore wisdom at our cost, at our peril. So wisdom is very, very important. So today we will focus our attention on Proverbs 1.7, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise 
wisdom and instruction. And today we will try to answer the question, what is the fear of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? If your child were to ask you, what is the fear of the Lord? What's the kind of answer we'll be able to give to our children? What comes to our mind when we think the fear of the Lord? Because we all understand, whether we understand this verse or not, whether we understand it clearly or not, we understand this is an essential thing because it is the beginning of knowledge. So it is important. We all desire, we love wisdom, but will we be able to expound? Will we be able to explain what is the fear of the Lord? What is meant? by the fear of the Lord. Proverbs, Proverbs 1.7, we can call this verse as the theme of the book of Proverbs. If you, not only the book of Proverbs, the motto of all the wisdom writings is the fear of the Lord. The motto, the very purpose, the aim, the objective of all the wisdom writings is the fear of the Lord. For Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord, that is the theme of this book. And this verse emphasizes the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The way the alphabet is to reading and numbers to mathematics. Can anyone think of reading without learning the alphabet? Similarly, the day we begin to fear the, fear the Lord, the Bible says, that is the day we just begin to learn the ABCD of wisdom. If you, if you ponder on this verse carefully, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, your, our mind starts working in the right direction only on the day we begin to fear the Lord. Our human mind, the fallen human mind, starts working in the direction it is supposed to work only on the day we start fearing the Lord. We discover the very purpose of our life the day we start beginning to fear the Lord. Now, the question is the fear of the Lord. You know, when we think of the fear of the Lord, it is like I said, the day we begin to fear the Lord, we are entering into a new domain, into a new dimension, into a new direction. We are, life is moving in a new direction. The day we start beginning to fear the Lord, we are just entering the doorway. And this doorway is, is leading us to a new pathway. And this pathway never ends. Wisdom never ends. All through our life, we grow in our wisdom. If we want what 
only God can do for us, then the fear of the Lord is how we receive it. Listen to this carefully. If we want, because God wants to do something special in each one of our lives, and if we want what only God can do for us, no, no human being, no human wisdom, human power, human wealth can do that. If we want only God, our creator God can do for us, then the fear of the Lord is how we receive it. So how important the fear of the Lord is. To the extent you desire, God has kept something unique for me and I don't want to miss out on that. I want to receive it. And if that's our focus, that's our desire, then the only way we can receive it is by the fear of the Lord. The good news is we can begin this new journey with God today. Today, we can begin this new journey, irrespective of our age, irrespective of our spiritual life, where we are, we can begin this new journey today. Bible is very clear. There is no wisdom without the fear of the Lord. But what kind of fear the Bible is referring to? Is it like a tiger? You know, we fear a tiger. We fear a policeman. In the 21st century, we tend to associate the word fear with something scary. The moment we are scared, what do we do? We will run away from that object or from that person. That's the way we understand the meaning of the word fear. We will run away from that place. We will just run away from that person. We know that this, because we have that fear, because either the object or the person will harm us. So we want to protect ourselves. So we want to run away from that place. But the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If wisdom is good for us, then the fear of the Lord is also good. Because wisdom is a desirable thing. We all want wisdom. So this is how we understand the word fear. But the Hebrew word for fear has to do more with feelings of awesomeness. We are so caught up with the awesomeness of someone that we will not do anything to grieve that person. We are so caught up. We stand in awe of this person. We will not do anything to dishonor that person. That is the fear of the Lord. It is not running away from that person. We will continue to stand in the presence of this person. Rather, we'll we will like to go closer to this person because there is no one like him. No one like him. That is the fear of the Lord. Let me explain this a little more. Because in Psalm 130 verse 4 says, But there is forgiveness with you that you may be feared. You know, we have been forgiven then why should we fear? If we have been forgiven of our mistakes, our sins, 
then why should we fear? The meaning in this verse is, Lord, you have forgiven me. A wretched sinner like me. Lord, how could you ever forgive me? And you stand in awe of that God. That's what Psalmist says, that you may be feared. The meaning of the word feared is not the way we understand fear. But this person, this holy God has forgiven our sins. And how? How can he do it? I stand in awe of this God. I don't want to leave this God. Rather, I want to get closer to God. That is the fear of the Lord. Not the way we understand. This is the biblical way of understanding the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord will draw you closer to God. Will keep you in, in relationship with God. It will not drive you away from God. In Deuteronomy 10, 12, it says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God ask of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your knowledge. Fear in the soul, in, 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 in biblical language, fear is synonymous with love. The fear of the Lord. We love this God so much. We love him and we want to serve him. So the genuine fear of the Lord. You know, we, we, if we come to Proverbs 1-7 with our worldly understanding, we will not grow closer. We will not be drawn closer to God. But if we come with the biblical understanding of the fear of the Lord, then the more the, the genuine fear of the Lord increases, the more we admire him. The more you admire him, you'll more you will fear him. The more you, you will love him. The more you praise our God, the more you will grow in the fear of the Lord. There is no wise living without having a relationship with him. There is no wise living. There is no wisdom without having a relationship with this God. In other words, wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the foundation for our wisdom. The more, the more we fear him in the sense, the more we love him, the more we stand in awe of him, we will obey him. And as we obey him, we grow in our wisdom. The fear of the Lord is openness to God. We open ourselves. We open our hearts to him. We are so eager to please God. That is the fear of the Lord. We want to please him. And we want to be instructed by him. We are not the people who say we know everything. We go to him and say, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. Wisdom is in you and in you alone, O oh Lord. <clears throat> I am ready to be instructed by you. I am ready to be disciplined by you. I am ready to be corrected by you. I am ready to be rebuked by you. 
that is the fear of the lord now how do we know that we have the fear of the lord or not is there a way that we can make out whether i have the fear of the lord or not if we have the genuine fear of the lord it will reflect in the following three areas so i'm going to list out three areas and then we can introspect ourselves to find out whether we fear the lord or not the first thing is trusting in god the fear of the lord helps us to trust in god you may be wondering pastor is talking about the fear of the lord and why is he talking about trusting in god proverbs 14:26 says whoever has fears the lord has a secure fortress and for their children it will be a refuge whoever fears the lord has a secure fortress now trusting in god involves two components when we say i am trusting in god it has got two components one is to obey him in whatever he says even though we don't understand everything in god's word yet we will obey it so to obey him the second thing is to submit to his will in whatever he sends even though we don't understand everything god sends into our life we don't understand but we will accept god's plan and learn from it that is the fear of the lord helps us to trust in god more and more and that comes with obedience and submission and this applies to every area of our life maybe our workplace our imagination our thinking our friendships our health our marriage our money our positions our ministry relationship to church emotional life etc etc we can every area of our life now why did i write the workplace despite being sincere despite being hard working one may be laid off this is wisdom this is wisdom despite working hard one may be laid off despite being faithful your marriage may break down despite being truthful people may accuse them and despite being health conscious one may be diagnosed with a serious disease all of a sudden a family member dies you see that's wisdom wisdom is trusting in god in all these areas we not only obey him we also accept what he sends in, into our lives there are situations in our life over which we have no control but who has control god has control so we trust in him so the fear of the lord enables us to accept what he allows to come into our lives 
whether we understand it or not. Most of the time, we don't understand it. We don't understand it. So the fear of the Lord helps us to bring every area of our lives under his authority. The fear of the Lord helps us how we spend our time, how we utilize our talents, how we spend our money, how we relate to people, and how we look at ourselves. If we don't trust in God, then we will be driven by others' opinion. Others, our own feelings and worldly ideas, they will dictate us. If we don't trust in God, world is waiting with their wisdom, its wisdom. So we will start listening to worldly wisdom. People have opinions. They have opinion about everything under the sun. But when we fear the Lord, we will deliberately go through each of these areas and find out what obeying and submitting to God's will would require. As the fear of the Lord increases in us, our trust in God will also increase. We will arrive at a place when we will be able to say, in all things, God works for the good. It doesn't happen. Just overnight, it doesn't happen. When we fear the Lord and when we grow in trusting our God, we will be able to say, in all things, God works for the good, even if we can't see the whole plan. Sometimes God's plans are not according to our liking. It doesn't go according to our thinking. But when we fear the Lord, we will accept it because we know his wisdom is higher than our wisdom. So this kind of dependent trust in God is like a secure fortress. That's why Proverbs 14, 26 says, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. You fear the Lord, it is guaranteed that you have a secure fortress. Otherwise, how do we, how other people lead their lives? They look to their own wisdom. They look to their own resources. They look to great leaders, or they may look to a loud one. But the problem with all these resources or people, they are only temporary fortresses. Because our own intelligence will fail us. We can plan our life, I'll do like this, I'll do like this, I'll do like this. Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? Our plans and our intelligence, our foresight is limited. Now, I can depend on my wife. But loved ones die. All of a sudden, people die. Then we are left helpless. So when our greatest fear and our ultimate hope is in God, 
then there is nothing that can shake us. There is nothing that can overthrow us. That is why the fear of the Lord, whoever fears the Lord, has a secure fortress. Let me ask you this question. Is there some difficulty in your life now that you can accept it not as a good thing in itself, but as part of God's wise plan for your life? Think about it. Ponder about it. Make a note of it. So trusting in God, the, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. Nothing, nothing can shake that fortress. Nothing can shake that fortress. The second aspect is resting in God. When we fear the Lord, we will grow in trusting God. When we fear the Lord, we will, it helps us to rest in God. Proverbs 19.23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, untouched by trouble. We will all like this phrase, untouched by trouble. I'll come to that a little later. Those who fear God, not the way we understand the word fear, but the way the Hebrew word conveys the meaning, when we understand the awesomeness of God, we will find God satisfying. Because God is so satisfying, we are contented, we are satisfied. If, if in the place of God, if we put any other person or any other thing, we will never be satisfied. We can never rest. Whether it is my wife, my children, my ministry, my whatever it is, achievements, accomplishments, anything I put in the place of God, I will never be satisfied. It is only when we fear God, it is only when we stand in awe of God, we will find this God is satisfying. He is enough for me. Is more than enough for me. The fear of the Lord leads to life. In Leviticus 26, 3 and 6, if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will grant peace in the land and you will lie down and no one will make you afraid. I will remove wild beasts from the land and the sword will not pass through your country. This is another way of saying that we have rest in God. You know, in Proverbs, uh, we saw that the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rest content. You know, one rest content. This phrase literally means that they spend the night content. They spend the night peacefully. That is the meaning of this phrase, one rest content. Why night? Because nighttime denotes the time of danger. It is dark. So you can understand the days when there was no electricity, no roads. Night is a terrifying time. Anything happens, 
You cannot run, you cannot go anywhere. No electricity, imagine, no roads. Any emergency, what will you do? So nighttime is a terrifying time. So he says, then the fear of the Lord leads to life. Then one rests content, even in the midst of those uncertainties, one will be peaceful. One will be able to sleep well. Are we afraid of nights? Are we spending sleepless nights tossing on the bed? You know, when you are not able to sleep, then you dread the nights. Those of us who have gone through this phase that we couldn't sleep in the night, we just don't want to see the night. We'll be waiting. When will the down, when will the morning sun rise? So that is the fear we have. Now the interesting uh, reading, you know, when we read this verse, the fear of the Lord leads to light, then one rest content, untouched by trouble. Now, when we just read it like that and wisdom literature there is wisdom the bible says i fear the lord so i should be untouched by trouble i have so many troubles see my trouble no this verse doesn't say that you will not have trouble untouched by trouble does not mean that we will not have trouble just earlier it's earlier only i said that trusting in god is obeying god and submitting to his will and accepting whatever he sends into our life so what does untouched by trouble means our contentment in god is so strong he is our secure fortress no trouble can displace God from our lives. It can take my money, it can take my position, it can take my job, it can take my dear ones, but it cannot take God from my life. That is what untouched by trouble means. Whatever happens in my life, nobody can take God from my life. I may have cancer, but this cancer cannot take God from my life. That is untouched by trouble. We will have trouble. We will have failures. But no, those failures cannot take God from our life. That's why we should come to a place where we learn to enjoy this God. He's sweeter than honey. We need to come and taste and see that the Lord is good. God is to us a greater safety. He is a deeper security and a more powerful hope than anything else in the world. He is the resurrection and the life. This life, this world cannot give you any hope beyond this world. But God alone can give us hope even beyond this world. So he is that hope. And when we fear him, we will fear no trouble. Now, being satisfied in God in the midst of our adversities is a spiritual skill. And this spiritual skill can be learned 
only in the midst of trouble. Only when we go through these adverse situations, uncertain circumstances, failures, when we go through our sickness, you know, we, these things take away all our earthly comforts. And we come to realize earthly people cannot help us. They're also human beings like us. All that we can think of as security cannot help us. Then we tend, it is, I said, it's a spiritual skill we develop in the midst of this disappointments, in the midst of struggles, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of pain, we start reflecting through prayer. We start meditating on the word of God. We reflect, Lord, what is the meaning of life? Who are you? We start reflecting and we are dri driven closer to God. It doesn't take us away from God. It's in the midst of this painful situation, we are drawn closer to God. And as we, draw, as we are drawn closer to God, God comforts us. He comforts us. He strengthens us. Now, this process is long. We cannot do it in one day. We cannot do it at one particular stage. From time to time, as God allows challenges into our life, when we use that as an opportunity, to reflect on God's goodness, on God's glory, we will be drawn closer to God. And God blesses us with godly peace that nothing can dislodge us. That's why Paul will say, um, I don't want to read that verse, neither death nor famine, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We, that verse we'll be able to say, only when we have developed the spiritual skill, when we go through our problem, when, when in the midst of our problem, when our relationship, our, our intimacy with God becomes deeper, then we will be able to say, otherwise from our memory, we can say, nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither death, nor loss, nor pain, nor famine. We can say from our mind, but from your heart, from our heart, we'll be able to say, when we have been through these stages and we could join with the psalmist and say, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Our Lord Jesus promised his disciples and all of us, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Saint Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in God. Our hearts will always be restless 
until they find rest in God. Think of the last time you went through the darkest valley. Did it strengthen or weaken your intimacy with God? Darkest valley could be you lost your job, you lost your dear ones, something bad happened in your life. So when you went through the darkest valley, did it strengthen or weaken your intimacy with God? So it is in moments like this, we learn to enjoy God. The, the worldly man will say when he encounters a problem, hey, where is this? Is there a, really a good God? If there is a good God, why I should go through this problem? Why I should go through this challenge? That's the way the world responds. But as children of God, when we know this God, when we stand in awe of God, when we fear God, the fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content, untouched by trouble. We know there is problem, we don't like it. It is not pleasant. It is painful, but in the midst of all this, I know my God is with me. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. When we fear God, we will grow in trusting God more and more. When we fear the Lord, we will learn to rest in God more and more. Finally, enjoying God. We saw trusting in God. We saw resting in God. We saw enjoying God. The fear of the Lord helps us to enjoy God. Proverbs 14, 26 and 27 says, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life turning a person from the snares of death. Now, if you read this Proverbs carefully, God is both a fortress, because whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress. God is both a fortress and also a fountain. We should understand this uh, clearly, because uh, God is also a fortress, is also a fountain, because evil not only attacks us, but it also attracts us. Evil not only attacks, but also attracts us. Now, when we know that God is a secure fortress, so when evil attacks us, we know God is a secure fortress. When we know that the devil evil attracts us, we know God is a fountain. We should learn to enjoy this fountain. See, why are we tempted to lie? Why do we speak lies? Why do we manipulate others? Because just that fear, but if you are too good, we will lose control. 
we have to dominate over others we have to manipulate others because we think hey if i'm little if i'm too good that fellow will just take me for a ride we fear that and we start telling lies we start getting angry we start losing uh, control over our emotions why are we tempted to greed to lust to gluttony why are we tempted all of us we are tempted why because we feel it is too good the evil not only attack, attacks but also attracts us it is so nice if i don't enjoy i miss the share of my my share of fun let's be honest let's ask ourselves have we not entertained these thoughts if i am so good i don't want to be a saint in this world if i am a saint in this world i will miss out on all the fun part of this world i will miss out on all joy and pleasure see the people around me they are enjoying so evil attracts we should be very clear about this evil attracts that's why we you know people come and say why do you want to file your income tax return like that manipulate your figures you will get more money it's it's attractive it's attractive hey why don't you have a casual relationship why are you talking about boundaries why should you have boundaries you just don't know what the, what the enjoyment the fun the pleasure you know god is not there in all the situations if we if we enjoy in god we'll be able to overcome all these temptations why do we do binge eating no control over our eating and do we realize when we indulge in this kind of pleasures there'll be depression just because of overeating it can result in depression you know now they have come with terms like binge netflix binge watching these are all real attractions in this world when you do binge when we do binge watching we will be tossing on the bed we will not sleep well we will be weak we will be tired we will not be productive in our workplace devil will always promise us pleasure but he will not tell us the consequences devil will show you beautiful pictures he will not show you the pit he will not show you what's going to happen when you suffer from depression when you suffer from insomnia he is not going to tell you that it is only the pleasure of god which will have no consequences and when we learn to enjoy this god the pleasure that god gives us we will not have to regret we will not suffer from it so that's why in this proverbs it says god is not only a secure fortress he is also a fountain of life 
we we have to come to a place where we will say god is my fountain of life we should learn to delight in him we should learn to enjoy his presence and we should love it then we can say i have a secure fortress i have a fountain whatever the world offers is nothing compared to what god offers us if you read the first verse it's 26 it says whoever fears the lord as a secure fortress and for their children it will be a refuge you know when others including our children when they see us trusting god and not breaking down before the problems of life and when they see us actually delighting in god rather than being merely dutiful that may be a refuge for them when they see that that will attract them to our god that will attract them to a relationship with god the greatest legacy that we can leave our children is how to find refuge in god that is the greatest legacy that we can leave our children is how to find refuge in god when everything around us is crumbling when things are not going according to our plans there is so much of uncertainty there's so much of pain at those moments of pain and uncertainty when we bow down and trust our lord jesus christ we are teaching our children by a powerful example our children too will face trouble as they grow let's be very clear about this our children too will face trouble as they grow so when people who know you well watch you under pressure what do they see when people who know you well watch you under pressure what do they see god is good in peaceful times it's not a problem it's not a challenge for any one of us to tell that but when things around us are crumbling and then we say god is good that will be the challenge and that comes from the fear of the lord that's why it says the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge when god becomes central in our life then we will learn to trust in god we will learn to rest in god we will learn to enjoy god i want to make one application before i end now how can we practice the fear of the lord i want to grow in trusting god in resting in god i want to learn how to trust god more i want to learn how to rest in god more i want to learn how to enjoy god more 
So how can we practice this? Practice the fear of the Lord. We can practice the fear of the Lord by practicing his presence. By practicing his presence. Proverbs 14, 26, 27 says, Blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. Now, again, when you come at the word trembles, don't say it's like standing before a policeman and you tremble. No, it's not. That's not the meaning in this place. Blessed is the one who always trembles before God. Uh, it's a way to talk about existentially in our day-to-day -day life, in our existence. As we face the life changes in our day-to-day -day living, in our moment by moment, practicing the presence of God. 24-7, practicing the presence of God. That's what's known as blessed is the one who always trembles before God. It is God consciousness, God awareness. We are aware of God's presence in our life as we go through our day's work. It is not that just we keep kneeling down and praying. That's not, that's not what the Bible says. Bible says, Bible says if you don't work, you are not fit to eat. So Bible expects us to eat, work. So what the Bible says is, as you go about doing your work, keep God, remember God, let God be central in your life. You know, you don't get angry at someone without remembering God is there watching. You don't go to your workplace and waste your time without knowing that, without remembering that God is watching you. If God is watching you, how can we waste our time in our workplace? How can we be dishonest? How can we be lazy if God is watching over us? He gives us 24 hours. He gives us time to work. He has a plan and purpose for our lives. So how can we be lazy? So that is practicing his presence. That's what's known as blessed is the one who always trembles before God. We do all this because we know that there is a God who has come from heaven to earth to forgive my sins. There is a holy God who has come from heaven to earth to forgive my sins. He has come to redeem me. He has come to give me a new, he has come to give me a new life new meaning, new purpose in my life. So I want to keep this God. How could he ever forgive my sins? He's so loving, kind, compassionate. He remembers me. He remembers a depraved sinner like me. So it is that kind of awesomeness. It is that gratitude that we keep this God always before our eyes. That's why the psalmist said, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Practicing the presence of God is nothing but I keep my eyes always on the Lord. 
Otherwise, keeping God before your eyes at all times. If we learn to keep our eyes always on the Lord, we can boldly, with the psalmist, we can boldly say, I will not be shaken. If we keep our eyes on the Lord, we will be able to say, I will not be shaken. If we want to grow in wisdom, we have that key verse in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And that fear of the Lord, if we know that we are forgiven sinners, and if we know how much God has forgiven us, the more he has forgiven us, the more we will stand in awe of God. If you are unable to stand in awe of God, it is because we think we are holy people, we are good people, we are moral people. God has to only forgive little. But when I understand I'm a depraved sinner and how much God has forgiven me, the more I experience his forgiveness, I will stand in fear of the Lord. And the more I stand in the fear of the Lord, I will learn to trust him more and more. The more I learn to trust him more and more, I will learn to rest in him. And the more I rest in him, I enjoy him all the more. And I want this God to be before me all the 24 hours, all through my life, till the last breath of my life. I want this God to be before my eyes. I don't want anything to be, anything to displace that God, that holy God, that loving God, that compassionate God, that gracious God. I will always keep my Lord before my eyes. I may not understand. Bad things happen to good people. Let us be very clear about it. The wisdom literature does not say you will not have problems. The wisdom does literature untouched by trouble does not mean you will not have troubles. The wisdom literature says when the midst of the troubles, nobody can take your God from you. They can take your life. They can take your money. They can take your wealth. They can take your health but they cannot take your God from your life. That's what the wisdom literature says. And if God is for us, who can be against us? What can separate us from the love of this God? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. May God bless you all.